0: The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Mark. When Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered around him, and he was by the sea. Then one of the leaders of the synagogue, named Jarius, came and when he saw him, fell at his feet and begged him repeatedly, My little daughter is at the point of death. he saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. When he had entered, he said to them, "Why do you make a commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping." They laughed at him. Then he put them all outside, and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him, and went in where the child was. He took her hand, he took her by the hand and said to her, "Talitha Kum." which means, little girl, get up. And immediately the girl got up and began to walk about. She was twelve years of age. At this they were overcome with amazement. He strictly ordered them that no one should know this, and told them to give her something to eat. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of the Holy Trinity, one God, amen. If you read any of the uh, time management books, as I've been inclined to do from time to time, you know that one of the things they tell you you must do in order to get control of your time is to manage interruptions. And I've tried to do that, but it's never worked for me. I don't know about for you, but uh, interruptions happen. And they're they're just a part of life. And interruptions happen to Jesus as well. And in this gospel that we just heard, we find Jesus being interrupted. And as a result of that, some amazing things happening in the lives of a couple of people. Jesus had just arrived at Capernaum from the Gentile side of the Sea of Galilee. Last week, uh, you heard the account of the crossing of the Sea of Galilee and the storm. And now Jesus has arrived in Capernaum, and probably the last thing on his mind at that point is to go off and heal someone or raise somebody from the dead. But as he comes ashore, one of the leaders of the temple and an important person in Capernaum comes to him. Jairus is the man, and he pleads with Jesus to come to his house to heal his daughter because his daughter is so sick, and he just wants Jesus to lay hands on her and heal her. And in that moment, Jesus is interrupted. Whatever else he had uh, he plans to do that day, they were changing. He was going to go to Jairus's house. Well, what's amazing about this particular healing story is that there's a healing within the healing. The next thing that happens, there's a large crowd that is gathered around Jesus. And as they're walking toward Jairus's house, a woman who has been plagued with hemorrhaging for 12 years and has spent a lot of money with physicians. In fact, she spent all of her money and she hasn't gotten better. In fact, she's gotten worse. And she, like Jairus, is desperate. And she she believes if only she could touch his garment, she would be healed. And as she works her way through that crowd, she reaches out, touches the hem of the garment Jesus is wearing, and she's instantly healed of her hemorrhage. Jesus realized at that point that someone had touched him. And he says to the disciples, who touched me? Of course, they think this is a really crazy question. There's a crowd around him. How could anybody possibly know who had touched them? The woman, seeing Jesus looking around, rushes toward him, falls to his feet and tells him everything that has happened to her. And then an amazing thing happens. She is addressed as daughter. Jesus calls him, calls her his daughter. And what's so amazing about that is that here's Jesus who is in the midst of this crowd, who realized somebody had touched him had healed this woman, and in that moment he saw her not as someone that he had privilege over or that he was in some way more powerful than, but rather seeing her as his daughter. Well, it's it's an amazing account, and it is one that I think captures our imagination because the chaos is everywhere around Jesus in that story. They go on to the house where Jairus' daughter is. And in those days, and even in some cultures yet today, there are hired mourners. And the hired mourners had already gotten there because they believed that Jairus' daughter was dead. And Jesus tells the crowd to stay behind. And he takes Peter, James, and John with him into the house. And he reassures Jairus to not be afraid, to have faith. And then Jesus goes into where Jairus' daughter is, and he tells her to get up, and she does. Can you imagine what the scene was like? The chaos swirling around Jesus. I think we often uh, think of these stories that come out of the gospel and and put them in very pristine settings, believing that uh, the life that Jesus led couldn't possibly be as chaotic as the life that I lead. It must be much more organized. It must, must be much more pristine. And sometimes we think that holiness means that everything fits right. Everything has to come together just right. That day, nothing came together particularly right, perhaps, from Jesus' perspective. If you had been on a stormy sea overnight and finally got to land, the last thing you'd probably want to do is to go off with a crowd of people and have to perform for them. And so we see in this story Jesus being interrupted and in that interruption out of that interruption comes wonderful healing and wholeness. I I want us to see two things I think in this uh, account this morning. There's much more in it than this but two things that jumped out at me. Uh, First of all I think it's important for us to see that God can work through the interruptions in our life. We're all going to have them. We can't avoid them. We would like to control the world we live in, but the reality is that we can't. We can't control it all. And I believe that it's in those interruptions that we are brought into a place where God is showing us something new, where God is inviting us to have a slightly different perspective or to be engaged in a different way. As someone has said that God's call in our life is where the needs of the world cross our gifts and our talents. But I think it's also possible that our call and our finding the will of God can be found in the interruptions that come into our life. I think it's in those moments if we stop and reflect, what is God pointing me to? Why has God brought this situation into my life? What is it about this situation that might reveal something about God, an opportunity for me to serve, something about myself that I need to look at? It happened to me this morning. I got here for eight o'clock church and I found out that about half of the bulletins didn't have an insert in them. And I wanted to spend time looking over my sermon again. But I printed some inserts and we got them in the bulletins. And uh, you can imagine I was a bit frustrated. This afternoon, when I have some time, I'm going to try to think about what was it that God wanted me to see, wants me to see, in my own life, in my own uh, need to accomplish a certain thing, perhaps, when God has something else in mind. The second thing that I would like us to uh, see in this is the, the fact that these two people, Jairus and the woman with the hemorrhage had to step out of that place where they were comfortable and uh, reveal themselves in a place that uh, perhaps they did not want to be. Jairus, by going to Jesus and asking him to heal his daughter, put himself perhaps in great jeopardy in his place in the community. He was a leader of the synagogue. And Jesus was this uh, thought by many to be this renegade rabbi out of some place in the North country where nobody, nothing good, what good could come out of Nazareth? And yet here a leader of the synagogue goes to Jesus and asks him to heal his daughter. And then, of course, the woman who comes seeking healing, she had had the hemorrhage for 12 years. For 12 years, she would have been looked upon as unclean is not to be able to be a part of normal Jewish society. She would have been restricted from participating in some of the uh, religious ceremonies of, of her culture. And now she has to go to Jesus in the midst of that crowd and perhaps touch other people, making them unclean, and even touching Jesus and make him unclean in order to find healing and wholeness. I sometimes think that our pride gets in the way of our spiritual growth more than any other thing that we deal with in our lives. It's hard for us to step out of that place we're comfortable, to uh, step out of the, uh, of the role that we often present ourselves as being in, and just be who we were created to be in the presence of God. This morning, we're going to have the privilege of celebrating the baptism of Emily. And I think it's, it's helpful for us to look upon a child coming before God for God's grace and blessing and for the coming of the Holy Spirit upon that child. That child comes without any pretense. All pride is gone. There's nothing there at this point in her life. That's how God wants us to come to God. So this morning, as we celebrate that baptism, As we think about the interruptions in our lives, we might ask ourselves, what is God asking me to put aside? What part of my pride needs to be let go of in order for me to find the healing and the wholeness as possible in God and Christ? What interruptions come into my life that I should be paying more attention to and how might God be leading me? into a deeper sense of what it is to be a child of God. May God give us the faith that we need in order to face the interruptions, the difficulties, the struggles of this life, the chaos that sometimes surrounds us, and to be able to come before God in all humility and be touched by the healing hand of Jesus. May God grant us that faith. Amen.